Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And speaking of that, have you ever wondered how some people stay so cool, calm, and collected in the most difficult of situations? How do they maintain their zen, their zone, their equanimity, their balance? loving heart-centered demeanor around challenging people or chaotic environments. We are playing in streams of consciousness about consciousness. Again, it's episode three. We're going to have some fun playing with the idea of staying connected and yet disconnected. So what do I mean? Well, I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind. Connect with your heart and settle into your essential wholeness. Today, I have my two streams of consciousness co-host, Quincy Kroll, my daughter and actress in New York City, and Remy Smith, talk show host and my producer right here at Empower Radio. Welcome, Quincy and Remy. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. It's good hello. to be back again. It, Great. It is good to be back. It is good to be back. And I always enjoy these conversations. And since our last conversation, I've thought of like 300 topics already. That would be so fun <laughs> to throw into the field and see what we come up with. So, but I do have, I have a story from this past week. Excellent. Please and we had share. talked about, yeah, we talked about how do we, how do we really stay in that, that Zen zone? We talked a lot about that zone in the flow last week. And how do we do that when we're around people? You guys shared some good good stories. But, you know, I was in observation last week of some social situations. So, you know, the question is, how do we stay connected to people, to our tasks, to the moment, to even our hearts, and yet not get pulled into chaos, emotion, and drama, right? And so, um, I, I'm just going to share with you, I was I was watching last week this observation of social situations where there are difficult situations and difficult people that might be challenging. And I was watching how our primary coping mechanism, I guess I'm going to call it that, is usually to protect ourselves. You know, we go within and we, we kind of want to protect ourselves from that situation or that person. And so we constrict, we kind of draw in and we constrict off from that flow of the moment, that love and sunshiny energy that we were talking about. And we kind of go inward. And it happens when we you know, we kind of focus on the other one. We limit our awareness. We focus on ourselves and we pull in and we protect. And how do we just stay in that focus of that field of possibility, that love, that energy, that abundance, that flow? So, okay, guys, this is a tough one for so many of us. What do you think? Where are we going to go with this? It really, it really is. It's so hard to, uh, to, to exude love and compassion for 
in certain situations, you know, somebody's really getting on your nerves or somebody's just being downright rude and, and nasty to you. And Quincy and I both know that being in the service industry for as long as we have, you know, sometimes people are just, they, they act awful. Um, but again, it comes down to taking your own ego out of it, I think, and uh, allowing yourself to, to find the space to be the bigger person in most situations. Um, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do. It takes a lot of practice. A lot of, a lot of other human beings are not good at it or, or practiced at it. And so, you know, um, but, you know, you, I, when you're describing it, it, it brought up images of like, you know, you hear these awful stories of, uh, of road rage, you know, to two people, they've never met each other, but they, you know, you're, you're in the, in your car and you're on the freeway and somebody cuts somebody else off and then they, they pull over to a parking lot and fight or somebody pulls out a gun. It's like, you know, if you would have just taken your ego out of it, either one of them at any time, you could have diffused the situation. And it's, it's a shame that, you know, you hear about these horrible things that people do to each other and stuff like that. When if you, if you would just take the time to, you know, kind of empathize with where the other person's coming from and take your own ego out of it for a little bit, I think it would diffuse situations like that. But it's, I admit it's, it's hard for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. it is a hard thing. It I is think, a hard thing, which go ahead, Quince. Yeah. Well, one thing, um, and uh, being an emotional creature, um, I think it it really starts with the awareness and and <clears throat> wisdom of really. I mean, you say to to not go internal and protect yourself. However, for me, it's important to understand like where that emotion is even coming from or where the frustration is coming from. And so, I think it's really it takes practice to even just be aware of the situation and almost. Um, observe yourself from the outside looking in. So when we're in situations, and like for me, if I have this emotional reaction, I could, you know, unleash that emotion. And the emotion is important because it's informing me of something. Um, However, to completely unleash it with, hmm, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but um, having awareness number one, it's really important because I know sometimes not understanding, um, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to sit with that. Honestly, that's, that's such a fantastic point. What you said right there, it made so much sense. It's, it's about having that awareness. Most people don't even realize when they're, when they're getting heated and emotional or, you know, anger comes bubbling to the surface. I'm thinking about all the bad emotions, do you know? And it's, it's yeah. most people don't even realize that they're, they're saying something awful to somebody else or they're being rude or mean or do you know what I mean? They, they don't even realize it. So I've, I've had people, you know, you, you hear people get into an argument and I'm not yelling at you. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not arguing. Yes, you are, you know? And, and, yeah. and yeah, just, just having that awareness, just taking, taking the, the few couple of moments that it takes to, to look at yourself from an outside perspective. If more people would do that, wow. How much, uh, how much more love there would be in the world. Okay. Yeah. Guys, so how do we practice that? Because this is a number one, if, if I don't say there's no bad emotions, a lot of, a lot of people in the psychology realm will go, wait a minute. He said bad emotions, but what we're talking about is literally those that really create the situations we're talking about that inflammation that starts on the inside, anxiety, anger, frustration, these things that mm-hmm. really, um, and, 
so so what I'm wondering is, do those emotions have anything to do with us really being stuck in our ego and small self? Remy, you brought up the ego, so we got to throw this in the conversation because I think it's really important. How do we practice that? A lot of spiritual practices take us out into this larger, spacious place of this realm of all potentiality, you know, this where everything is connected. And then when we come into form, into this body, we look at ourselves as separate from everything and from that place mm-hmm. of separation much of those fears come in much of that anxiety comes in much of the things that we're talking about it's like when you say some people aren't even aware they're they're treating people like that i think in 2017 in 2018 in 2020 in 2015 how are we not aware that we're treating people that way you know right, right now just turn on the news and see what's going on around us but Go ahead. I think I think that's so important what you just said, Mom, that a lot of spiritual practices will take us outside and will take us into a realm that feels really good. You know, when I chant, when I pray, when I meditate, it's like it's in a very spacious place where I feel like anything is possible. I'm super happy, I'm feeling great, I'm feeling very grounded. And then you take yourself into the real world and then you may not feel super spacious and grounded and happy because of the situation or the, the environment around you. However, I just read um, in one that some a Buddhist reading that faith is life. So it's not about, oh, let's walk around like meditating all day long, that everything is okay, that, you know, but everything is connected. And when we are connected in that spiritual realm that's with us, every single moment of the day and we get the opportunity to take on you know life is not all miracles and perfection life is giving us the opportunity to transform and to take on the challenges that we're given and so it may not you know like i have actually can speak on an experience where um so uh, my fiance is really encouraging me to be in a, a restaurant that has greater ticket sales, which means like fine dining. Fine dining gives me a lot of anxiety because it's like there's so much information that you have to know. People there, you know, have are rich. They have lots of money. You know, I'm like fearful of being treated, you know, wrongly, whatever, and all these anxieties. So we went to go visit this the Mandarin Hotel in New York. And it was gorgeous. It was on the top um, top story of this, you know, giant sky rise. Sky rise, um, not sky rise, but um, whatever you call it. Yeah. Tall building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And look out, you know, we're in this beautiful dining room that is absolutely pristine and gorgeous. And you can see the view of Central Park outside. And all of a sudden, like, thinking of me working in that place started giving me a lot of anxiety. Like, oh my God, I'm like, I wouldn't be good enough. I wouldn't be, you know, I would mess something up. And so this anxiety was really, really bothering me because it's like, why am I so anxious about this? And so it was really like diving into, I guess this is diverting from the topic a little bit, but diving into the anxiety of where is this stemming from? Where is it coming from? Because this is going to inform my next action. Now I can say, oh, you know, I fine dining is not for me. 
um, and I can totally steer in another direction, which is absolutely perfectly fine. However, what when I was dissecting my anxiety, it came from fear of not being good enough, and it came from not so the way that I've been interacting in my serving career. It's like that's not my career. I'm wanting to be an actor, which is my career. So I see serving as the secondary. And so I just want to get by. I just want to go check in, clock in, do my best work when I'm there, and then leave. But what I was observing about myself was that to fully apply myself in a serving, like if I would be a fine dining server, I would have to study the menu. I would have to know it from point A to point Z. I would have to know the wines. I would have to be my best serving self and that how we do anything is how we do everything so how I would be in that environment how I'd be my best self in that environment I would be my best self in acting and so it's not separate from what I'm doing everything in life the way I interact with um, people in the grocery store is the way I will interact in you know going into auditions so it's like all in all, to conclude my long monologue, <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's like, it's the opportunities that we get and how we take in those opportunities. No, it's a, I think that's a, a wonderful way to look at it and to realize that about yourself. You know, so, so much anxiety really comes from fear and you're anxious about something. Your anxiety is, is based on fear of the unknown. What, what would it be like if I worked here? You haven't even applied, you know, you didn't even put in an application at the place, but you're imagining all these things and it's your, your, your brain is, 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 is broadcasting the future to you and it's very scary you know and it's like you know if we take a step back and just think about okay well the future is going to come and and there's nothing we can do about it good or bad or ugly so you might as well just be open to it and and see where it takes you and stuff like that and maybe you're right maybe your intuition is telling you like be anxious about this this is not something you want to get into fine dining is a different ball game kind of thing you know and that and that's fine that's okay but it's it's taking the second to realize like why am i anxious about this why am i thinking about this and that's what most people don't do is they don't take a few seconds to, to step back and look at themselves from the outside. Why am I feeling this way? Why do I have yeah. these, these feelings of, of anxiety or why am I, why am I so mad at this person for going faster than me on the freeway? It's so insignificant. Do you know what I mean? Like catch yourself. Yeah. It's, it's about catching yourself doing these little things that, you know, it's like we can make the world a lot more wonderful if we just take a few seconds to go, all right, it's not that big of a deal. It's not so serious. Like, let's just, let's stay in our lane and take everything as it comes and kind of, you know. Yeah. So you're bringing in self-reflection, which is an important practice mm -hmm. as well. And I, I do love this story, Quincy, because I think it has everything to do with our topic here. When we're talking about how do we really maintain our wholeness, our sense of, of equanimity when things around us aren't. And yours started with a simple thought, which goes to the whole theme of our show, right? We're breaking down the illusion of separation. Because if you believe you're separate from all these, well, I'm just going to label them as wealthy people who love fine dining, that they know more, they expect more, that they're going to treat you less than and really um you've 
you've worked in fine dining before and you've done very well and you've you've taught me a heck of a lot about food and wine and preparations and ingredients and and all of that so really it's just an illusion it comes with this thought and then you create an illusion around it that that you're not good enough or that they know more or that have expectations you can't meet or on and on and on that illusion of separation yeah no, it's true. I've, I've met lots of rich people that love me. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, this guy, this guy is awesome. Like, you know, you, yeah, you come from different backgrounds. We all do. We all have like a little bit different background and stuff. But again, we're all connected. We're all human. And you have a gift for connecting with people. That's what that's what we love about serving. And it's what we love about the service industry is connecting with people. It doesn't matter if they're super poor or super rich or somewhere in between or have high expectations. You know, if there's going to be things that go wrong at, at every kind of restaurant, whether it's fine dining or not. And, and I get it, you know. It's like when people spend a lot of money on their meal, that's the expectations can be a little bit higher, but you know, it, it, that always reminds me of the story of the, you know, the guy walking down the road and his cars broke down he's going to knock on the farmer's door. And then he makes up this whole story about how the farmer's probably going to be all upset and blah, 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 blah. He gets to the farmer's door and yells at him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've, you've created this, this whole, a whole story in your head of how it's going to go. And you have no idea that, that that's the truth. It's, it's, you know, it's an illusion. Just like, uh, like Julie said, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I think so, you know, so there's also Oh, go ahead. No, really. Go ahead. Um, when you say um at the beginning of your show you say um I don't remember but the visual that I get is this web of that we're all connected. I think you mentioned a web. Um but the visual that I get from that is kind of like that is life. Like there's so many opportunities. There's so many when we, when we come from this abundant place of being all connected, then like we have unlimited options and possibilities of the way our life goes, the way our choices that we make are. Um, and that's a wonderful, expansive feeling. And it also is like, wow, we get, we have the privilege of that responsibility to to take on this like creative sphere of life that like we get to decide you know I uh, wow I just <laughs> we get to decide however I was oh man I got yeah, <laughs> the whole thing of conscious choice is a big it's a big piece and you know we talk about that a lot on the cho on the show is is this conscious choice if we if we are a part of this literally this instantaneous instantaneous interconnected realm at all times the unseen realm we're all connected right and then the our chaos and this discordant energy that we're feeling or that we're fearing really is how we're bringing it into form and it might not even be real you know so even judging someone as rich and someone as poor is creating this artificial separation of us between them so you know even like so Quincy, you mess up on an order and someone's unhappy. Then we go into our old stereotypes of fearing, fearing conflict, right? Fearing mm -hmm. disappointment, fearing all these things instead of using our words, you know, 
speak our truth with love and use our words to move into the conflict to bring it back into coherence, back into harmony, back into that place of love. So our words literally can take us very quickly back to that sense of peace again. But nope, we're afraid of conflict. We're afraid of disappointing. We're afraid of fear and anger. You know, it's like, ah. So in that moment, we lose that connection with our wholeness. Mm. Ah, yeah. Excellent point. Mm. Excellent way to put it. Um, and and every every tiny con- conflict is an opportunity to to resolve that conflict and there's there's great practice in that learning how to resolve conflicts between people learning how to you know oh my gosh emotions just got high for a second and and look at us now at the end it's all okay you know when you learn how to do that there's there's something to be said for that to, to yeah. resolving little little tiffs and com- and conflicts and stuff. Let's talk this out. Let's work this out. Let's figure out how we can make this better. You know, I respect you. I'm sorry. This and that, but uh, you know, let's let's fix this. You know, and there, and and that that brings up great feelings when you can fix something. Now, not just in the service industry, but in relationships and in all of our relationships. We're talking to somebody, if, you know, two people disagree, but then they can find a way to communicate with each other and work it out and come to an agreement. It's a, it's a very satisfying feeling. Yeah. And you know what? I think that that is a real blessing when it happens, like really understand, coming to that understanding, coming to coherence, coming back into clearing all that discordant energy, the fear, the anger, the frustration at each other. And yet there are those in our lives whom we feel like I could never clear it with that person. (laughs) I could never. So you know what? I think we need to take a break and we need to, um, when we come back, really dig into those kinds of situations and then maybe talk about some of these practices because all three of us have different practices and different ways of doing this. But um, there are those people that you think, you know, it doesn't matter how often I try or how I communicate. I just can't get through. I never feel that. And I have a few little antidotes for that. Let's see if we can get to them right after this break. Can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. M2, M2. Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money to my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown-up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet I look like a grown-up to you now. Well, except for the footy pajamas, I'd have to agree. 
This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. Dear John, I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is serious, and I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to when you checked on me? I don't want to leave, but remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get yours to a healthy range today. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. There's hundreds of fun and simple things you and your family can do to live a healthier lifestyle. Here's 20 of them. Eat less, eat slower, eat smarter, eat your fruits and veggies, stop eating before you're full, up your fiber, lower your calories, get off the bus early, do some gardening, do jumping jacks, take the stairs, take one, not two, take on a new sport, take a long walk home, walk instead of drive, bend, stretch, reach for the stars, climb the monkey bars, skip the fudge bars. <sighs> Search We Can online to find more ways you and your family can get healthy together. A message from the Ad Council, HHS, and NIH's We Can program. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. But a little over a year ago, we realized she couldn't take care of herself without our help. And well, how could I not be there for her? I had no idea how hard it would be and just what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and even for me, ways to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics that got me started, but also information about the hurdles I was facing in this new role. I could even connect with experts and hear from others who had been in my place. I know this road we're on isn't an easy one, but I'm really happy to have the extra help for her and for me. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. This message is brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Smile. You found Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's the drjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie. I love to hear from you. Love your feedback. Please share. Tell us what you want us to, to dig into and explore on air. We'd love to hear your feedback. And come play with other global co-creatives at goodofthewhole.com. We're exploring our creative potential as humanity. I'd love to have you over there as well. That's goodofthewhole.com. I'm back here with Remy Smith and Quincy Kroll. We're exploring a topic with our Streams of Consciousness Episode 3, and we're really talking about how do we, literally, how do we maintain who we are in that calm, zen, balanced, loving, heart-centered way of being when sometimes the world doesn't mirror that back at us. Sometimes there are those difficult people, difficult situations, challenges, chaos and we're seeing a lot of it in the world right now so yeah you guys i talked about that difficult that difficult person that you never feel like you can and that really mirrors what we've seen historically with religions and politics you know it's kind of like people just believe we can never get along and we need to agree to disagree and we can't get back to that place but what do you guys think about that 
Mm, I think we're definitely a long ways away from it. <laughs> um, you know, utopia reaching nirvana as a planet as a as a consciousness being that we're all connected um but that doesn't mean that we should ever stop trying um you know the the world can never have too much good in it and so every little bit of good that we can put into it is you know it makes it makes it a little bit better a little bit easier for for somebody uh i tend to tune out as much negativity as possible which means that i'm not exactly up on all the current events of news and politics i don't watch news and i i don't pay too much attention to politics and things like that so i i come across i i know i'm a little bit uninformed um but for me it just it's too dark of a road to to even dwell on and 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 go down you know so i just tune it out how about you quince well what do you guys do then with those difficult people? What do you, and Quincy, feel free to respond to that before, but what, what, what do you do when you come across someone that you think you can never see eye to eye or heart to heart? Um, you know, honestly, it's, it's been a while since I don't have like a fresh um, story of that. I don't think, um, but I think you just, because if indeed we are all connected, um, that person is connected to you, is a part of you. And I think it's really important to express what you feel you need to express um, to the person. And it's also, if they don't understand, it's just, okay, you know, loving them for that because maybe they can't understand. Maybe they're not emotionally capable or spiritually capable of understanding your truth, but knowing that, you know, they have their own truth and it may not be yours. And that's okay. Um, you know, if, if it's too, I don't know if I would, well, it's hard to say, like if it's family, you have to continue the relationship and <laughs> you, you know, because it's family, however, if it was a person like a friend um, and you just weren't, you know, seeing eye to eye, I don't know if I would continue the relationship if it was too difficult. However, you know, absolutely love them as a, a fellow human being and wish the best for them um, in their truth and whatever. Um, and I think that's really good advice. I've, I've cut friends out of my life, you know, friends have cut me out of their life and that's just sometimes the way it goes. Sometimes you, sometimes it's better to, to part ways and just say, well, I just wish you the best of luck. But you know, since it's not working out eye to eye anymore for whatever reason, um, you know, it, it's okay. You, you don't have to know mm -hmm. and be friends with everybody that you, that you once called a friend for the rest of your life. It's nice when you can, but sometimes relationships are, are, you know, doomed to fail. And, and the best thing to do is move on and not have any contact. You know, I can think of, of ex-girlfriends that I can still be in contact with and ones that I, that I don't. And for whatever reason, you know, that's why I do have a good story about somebody. And it was, there's a guy in my, <laughs> a guy in my bar last night and uh, he had had too much to drink. And, and, and there was just something about him that gave me a really bad vibe, you know, was, he was, he was loud and obnoxious and a little bit drunk and stuff like that. But just the, 
a look in his eyes or something. I just got, I just got a real bad feeling about this guy. I was like, I do not like him at all. And one of the patrons who was sitting at the bar who I'd been talking to, uh, was chatting him up and, and stuff. And, and he tried to order another drink and I just kind of ignored it. And then he tried again and, you know, it was a little more aggressive and I was like, eh, it's getting kind of late. I think, I think you've probably had enough, bro. We're just going to go ahead and yeah, we're shutting it down anyways. You know, I just, I kind of played it off as a, as a very smooth kind of like, I'm not going to get it aggressive or get in his face or, or tell him anything. Cause I didn't want to have anything to do with him anymore. And, and he got the hint and, and left pretty quickly, but it's like, you know, I know from experience how to diffuse situations like that before they even get started. You know, it's like if I, if I get aggressive in his face and tell him he's cut off, he's going to act like nothing but a jerk back to me. And I knew it. So it was just kind of like, ah, Hey buddy, I think you've had enough tonight. Why don't we just call it a night? What do you say? Huh? Uh, and it worked, you know, he left and I turned to the girl and I was like, why did you talk to him? She's like, oh, I was making up a story about myself. I think I thought he was a creep too, but I thought it would be fun to play a little game and make up a weird story about myself. I'm like, okay, I get it. A little entertainment factor, but I was like, I didn't like him. <laughs> I didn't want him in the bar anymore. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So. It's funny because we could get into the whole, do a whole show on why you even intuited that you didn't like him and mm. what that was about. But one of, one of our antidotes for this is to really get beneath all of that exterior persona stuff and that ego and come to commonality to really, really disclose our hearts. And once we make that kind of connection, we are in love with everyone, right? But there are those that hold their hearts really tight to their chest like they're cards playing poker you know i'm not showing you my heart i'm not showing you my humanness i'm not showing you my vulnerability and what if we all did it's kind of like when we when we learn how to speak truth with love we're literally putting into the field our truth from a place of vulnerability but speaking it from that place of our heart and love toward that person. And like Quincy mentioned with her story before, it's like you never know what might assist the other in awakening to greater love, you know, in, in opening their heart to the situation. So if we're not speaking our truth with love, how are they ever going to move off of their, where they're at, their position, their, their stuckness, their, their own pain and isolation. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder, are, yeah. are some people completely and utterly incapable of it? Or is it, is it absolutely 100% without a doubt locked in even the, the worst, most, you know, kind of vile humans somewhere in there? I think it's yeah. a really good question. I, um, what? So speaking from my experience, I absolutely completely am all for absolutely like living with heart and being vulnerable. And that's like the sweet spot of life. However, knowing other communities where vulnerability could get you killed literally. Um, and I hate to bring it to this, but this is, this is in our world. And so that's what I've been grappling with. Like, how do you, and I'm specifically speaking on the black community where they're in neighborhoods where, <laughs> yeah, right. Like 
having this kind of conversation, yeah, right, this might be a conversation that they're craving. Um, however, like, once you show vulnerability, like, that's, you know, you could not be, you could die, you could be killed. And so how, yeah, I mean, this is like a huge topic that I don't even know how to, how to move in or around. I like to, I like to believe that, you know, even, even the most, you know, twisted, distorted individual who's had a a horrible life and and does, you know, horrible, nasty things has somewhere inside of them the tiny little, you know, glimmer of hope, that tiny little piece of them that is connected to the rest of us in love. And um, some people, it's, you know, don't get the chance to to find out about it or to unlock it, if you will, in, in the way that we're discussing. But I think that that is what makes us all human beings, you know, even the, even the worst kind of, you know, horrible monster that commits terrible crimes is capable of, of, uh, turning it all around and, and unlocking all that love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, have, I, you, have you guys, absolutely. have you guys seen that Heineken commercial? The, you, the one where so, every, everybody is, is kind of locked into a room and they have to work together to figure something out. Yeah, like they are the most polarized people (laughs) out in culture. I love this because even Quincy, your story about being in a neighborhood that's unsafe is really about how do we how do we maintain this right in in all environments and crisis and stress and chaos is a part of some environments and what have you. But this Heineken commercial is brilliant genius not for selling beer but for what it's telling us about humanity where literally we could be totally polarized on our views or understanding of the world and when we don't know that we come together to solve a problem and we work together we start having conversation we start being who we are we start allowing others in to to see who we really are and that um, in the long run, I, everybody go Google the Heineken commercial. But w- but the the ending of it is is once they've built this bar, then the then the um, producers of it tell them that they're polarized about a certain issue that maybe one um, is being harshly judged by the other out in the real world, and then literally they're given a choice to either leave right then or sit down and have a beer and talk about it and all of them choose to come in and understand each other better. It's just really fascinating. Yeah. What is, is that? that is. Vulnerability that like, seriously, like we judge labels, right? We, we create this illusion that I'm right. You're wrong. Or this is my life experience. So I don't understand yours. So I can't even, I can't even understand who you are. And I keep you separate that way. We keep people in separation. And we put up walls, we build barriers, you know, we don't, uh, don't, don't want to know anything about somebody. It's, it's easier to, to just judge some, someone without knowing the, you know, their story or their struggle or, or anything about them even, you know, to make, uh, to make assumptions, to make judgments. Um, it, it, it's funny how it comes so easily. And yet on the flip side, if you, if you open yourself up to, to getting to know people and to hearing their story, that feels so much better and also comes easy. Why do we choose the negative so often? You know, Mm, open yourself up to hear their story. Okay. This I so I want to ask this guys, how do you do that? How do the two of you, we're talking about 
us coming into this place of really our loving heart-centered zen zone quality you know our equanimity that that we are bringing our spirituality our higher consciousness into every aspect of life work play friends family community stressful politics all of these things so how do you practice that how do we talk about seeing things from the bigger picture like stepping outside of ourselves and observing i think that's another really important practice but what else allows you to really ground that equanimity that calm that peace and and take it everywhere you go mm-hmm. for me i think it's connecting with love um and how like what is that practice it's remaining open um knowing that yes i have my own um, ideas of life. I have my own truth. And I'm also open to hearing others. I love to be challenged and to really, um, you know, I might may have a truth that stemmed from an experience that I had, and it could be a very one-sided truth, and yet I could see a different um, perspective from others. And so, yeah, number one is just really, it's hard sometimes, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's connecting with love and this greater intelligence that we all are and that we, like all of our beings, like we're created from love, I believe. So, um, and for me, that it's connected to a feeling. So when I connect to my heart, when I connect to love, it feels good. It feels expansive. It feels um yeah. I like to pay people compliments, uh, especially strangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, find something about them that's that's nice to say. And it can be simple. It can be anything. But most people, I don't want to say everybody, because I know some people that don't like compliments. They don't like attention. They're very introverted, and it makes them feel uncomfortable to be complimented. But for the most part, you're going to find so many people respond well to just a kind word or a nice, you know, can be anything, anything, uh, you know, just, it, it shows that you're, you're noticing something about them, you know? Um, yeah. Mm. you know, I love the way, I love the way those shoes look with that. I love the way your outfit matches today. Oh, I love your, I love your nail polish. I love your, I love your hair. Hey buddy, I see you got a new haircut. It looks good on you. Any, any kind of thing like that. It makes people feel, um, safe and loved and, and comfortable around you. It helps them. I think, you know, that, that comfortable, comfortability, um, factor, you know, um, oh, you know, that person likes me and I, I feel safer to open up a little bit to them stuff. And also, um, sharing, sharing what's going on in your own life, telling stories, anecdotes, things that are happening with your life, you know, a story about your kids or your, or your significant other or relationships or things like that. That's how we, that's how we create stronger bonds. You know, I think my, my best friends are the ones that I can confide in that are the ones that I can talk to about what's going on in my life. And, and in turn, they share with me. Um, so those two things, you know, you asked what, what can we do to, to, to make those connections a little bit deeper and things. Those are, those are two things that I like to, uh, be mindful of that, that I do. Yeah. I have a great story. So, um, 
my fiance and I went to this new restaurant in this town that we're now living. And we walk in, it's a Greek restaurant. Neither one of us had really, well, I had authentic Greek before, but he hadn't. We walk into this restaurant that we've been wanting to try because it's like always busy. And the owner is at the front door and greets us with like this, like, I was like, hello, like, thank you so much, welcome, and hands, like, gives us handshakes. I'm like, wow, like, we felt so welcomed into this new restaurant. Like, mm. wow. And we sit down, and he's like, this is the only table we have for you, which is like a perfect table, but apparently, like, it's not very popular because it's in the middle and people, like, are walking around you. He goes out of his way. He's just there. He's like, you know what? I have a couple over by the window that are paying now. Would you like, like, I would love to move you there. You know, but totally, like, wanting us to have the best experience. He hadn't known that, well, actually, he had known that we had never been there before because he, like, really knows all of his customers. And the whole entire night afterwards, he sits down and makes us a Greek coffee, like, shows us how Greek coffee is made. And we have this conversation about life and people. And he was saying, he's like, well, would be a long story, but um, we were talking about the art of humanity and the lost art. You know, we talked about our experience of being welcomed into this restaurant. He said, you know, this is so sad. This is just normal. This is how normal, like this (laughs) is so sad that you should compliment me to be normal. Like this is what people should be doing. You know, he said, there's 10 other restaurants around me that you could have chosen to go to tonight and you chose to come to my house. And so I treat you as a guest and I thank you for giving, you know, for coming and choosing me. It's like, that should be the norm. I don't understand like why it's so, you know, different, hmm. but like what an experience that he created for us that made us feel loved, <laughs> you know, made us feel appreciated. And it was like, that is how we create this like swirl of giving forward. I feel like so he gave to us just his presence and his love and his um, gratitude. And then, of course, we gave it back, his gratitude. We had this beautiful conversation about life and, you know, I don't need to go on and on, but it was like, what a beautiful experience. He's a strange, you know, this new person, not a stranger, but this new person that we're creating this new relationship with. Wow. You said the art of humanity. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I love that, yeah. too. Wow. That, that came from me, actually, when we were saying, like, wow, yeah, it's a lost art of humanity. And I'm like, oh, that's a great. That's great. <laughs> Quincy, I swear, I've, I've been to that exact same restaurant, but it was in Little Italy. So, <laughs> um, oh but a very similar experience. You know, it came in and, and first the waiter greeted us, then the owner came out. And it's kind of that that old world European, like, you choose my restaurant you're automatically family and we're going to treat you like it. Yeah. And yeah. so it's lost on today's, uh, you know, you're not going to find that at a corporate chain restaurant. You might find somebody who smiles and greets you at the door and is very nice, but it's not exactly the same. And, and he's right. It's like, you know, this should just be the norm. This should be how people, you know, greet one another and, and talk to one another and do business with one another and, and things like that. Those are some folks who, who get the service industry, like 100%, you know, go above and beyond. Yeah, so you guys are talking, we're really busting beyond the illusion of cultural differences, too, because mm-hmm. really the essence of love, this art of humanity, the lost art of humanity is this substance of love that we're talking about. I like to 
to use sponge and water as an example of this. So like literally, if you think, okay, we've got a large blue sponge, a little green sponge, a funky looking orange sponge, it doesn't matter what kind of sponge, right? You put them all in a pool of water and the sponge becomes the water and the water becomes the sponge. They're the same thing, right? So when we're talking about humanity and, and individuals, we, we all might look different. We all might grow up in different neighborhoods, but put us all into that substance of love, that, that consciousness that connects all of us. And we can really relax into our humanity and our oneness. Mm. I love that analogy. It's fantastic. I do too, because you can't tell the difference between the sponge and the water, right? right? The water becomes the sponge, the sponge becomes the water, and then all of a sudden we're all the same thing. <laughs> I love that analogy too. That's great. Mm. Imagine if everyone in every vocation greeted people with the same um, love that mm. that restaurant owner did. Yeah. Imagine. Mm. Well, that's why, that's why, um, how can we, you know, talking about that earlier about how I show up in the restaurant is how I'm, I'm going to show up in my career. And I feel like there's this attitude of like getting by because you're not fully doing like what you want to be doing. And it's at that point, it's like, if you're not happy, if you're not doing what you want to be doing, like you have the opportunity to either step up and be your best self where you are right now. Because where you are right now is where you will be in the, like, where you want to be. And it's like, we get to create that. We get to be our, uh, I think we've all been at a job before where, you know, you're, you're going through your work and you're just like, I really need to quit this job. I really need to move on and go somewhere else, you know, oh, but I can't right now. And you make excuses for yourself and, you know, you struggle along and, uh, <laughs> it yeah. is. Well, sometimes, yeah. well, sometimes it's not about the job. Right. Yeah. And sometimes it's just about you know? where your head yeah. is at. Yeah, exactly. And how so we relate what we're yeah, so you're manifesting your own stress. You're manifesting the chaos in your environment just by how you think about your environment or your situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm. So why are we why are we manifesting all this stress and chaos, guys? <laughs> well, let's solve this issue. Let's do this today. Let's put this to an end. Yeah, let's solve the world's problems. <sighs> on our belts and put on our cape. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all be superheroes and uh, and spread the love around. I mean, yeah, I, I, I try to in my, my everyday interactions with everybody that I meet. I think most people would think of me as a positive person that, you know, tries to, tries to get to know people better and tries to be smiling and helpful and, and friendly, um, you know, and we're not always in the, zone every single second of every day yeah Mm. yeah and do we have the opportunity to be in the zone every single day and would that be boring a lot of people will totally diss that you know they look at different um spiritual practices they look at that the zen community or you know that 
the spiritual narcissism. We don't need to get into that. That's a whole nother show. But some people will go, that's boring. Why would I want everything to be calm and easy and love based all the time? It's like, you know, yeah, we can go play in the mud and we can, you know, get dirty and enjoy life in a lot of different ways. But would it be boring or would it be really transformative? Mm. I don't know. Good question, huh? That's a good question. Yeah. I think certain people kind of crave chaos and and you know everybody knows that that drama filled person that their life is just one big soap opera and it's always this and that and the other and when they're happy they're on cloud nine and when they're down in the dumps it's like the pits of hell <laughs> you know the the extremist if you will um yeah and, and and they seem to to kind of it's almost like they feed on that they thrive on it they're always talking about their problems and and spreading their problems out so that everybody knows their business you know the the people who who do their laundry in public if you will um yeah uh but hey. is that just the way they are is it a learned thing can they unlearn that can they change can they be more you know heart-centered and positive and and love-based and let go of the the negativity that they you know kind of put out to everybody <laughs> yeah well i wonder if they know you know like 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 what if we would just simply ask like how does it feel to, to not enjoy your life to have always something to complain about like how does that feel for you <laughs> no like there's there's totally another way of viewing things if you like and it's not you know it's not all pretty it's not all fun and games like oh you know i think there's some Hopefully, I don't know if I have time for this, but there are some practices that believe like, oh, you have to be all perfect at, at every moment or I have to be all zen at every moment. But it's not, it's not this feeling of, or maybe not feeling is the right word. It's not this idea of being zen. So we're like trying to be something that we're not. But it's like what I said earlier, like faith is life. That it's, you know, we may always have maybe not chaos, but there's always going to be challenges. So like, how can, I don't, I don't think we'll ever have a utopian world, but we have the possibility to like live in love through challenges and, and chaos. And tap into it whenever we need to. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're tapping into it whenever we need to, I think um, one of the most important pieces that we're learning in our world right now is that all of our social structures need to be built around this worldview too. That, you know, if we're really going to evolve into the, these beings that can hold this heart-centered way of being, mm -hmm. you know, coming from this place, then our education system, then our healthcare system, then our, you know, we go on and on and on, our business and industry and all of these need to reflect who we really are in that lost art of humanity. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I'm going to use that, Quince, the lost okay. art of humanity. Really, we need to reflect it out in the world, right? Absolutely. No, and, and yeah. you're 100% you're right. That's that's where it starts in our social structures, in our schooling, in our parenting, in our, you know, you know, in our everyday lives and in our politics. <laughs> Good luck with that. In our marriage. Yeah. yeah, I love all this. I love all this. Okay, you guys, this has been a fun conversation. I appreciate you both so much. Thanks again for joining me for this episode. I love it. Oh, thank you for having us. It's, uh, it's always yeah. such a good time and a pleasure. I'm sure this will not be the last yeah. Oh, it's not going to be the last. To be continued. Yeah. Episode There's three. So much more. 
There's so much more. Boy, we can pick up all kinds of questions. I'm starting a list. I told you that. So, okay. Thanks, guys. Hey, you all been listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you for tuning in with us today. And remember, together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.